Zub Zub. I, dude, I still don't even know what that means. Welcome to Cinematic Tangent. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael Van Alsten, and that guy over there is Bradley Redder. That's me. I didn't do the usual int- intro for you, Brad. The uh, yeah, As always know. and forever. Yeah, or... yeah, that thing. I was getting a little tired of it. Just like I always used to say, what's up to start the show, and then I realized like that. What's up, sounds... everybody? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cinematic Tangent. All right, guys, uh, we're talking Warcraft today because it's brand new. It's out. It's fresh. We're also talking uh, the the filmography of Duncan Jones, uh, director of Moon, and uh, other uh, memorable classics such as Source Code. And that's it. That completes his filmography along with Warcraft. That's it. <laughs> memorable is a done. strong word. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So we watched all three of his films, and that's one of the reasons this show's a little delayed um, because. It was annoying as hell, but none of his films were streaming, which is I thought was bizarre. Yeah. Did you notice that? Source I did, Code I, yeah. nor Moon were not streaming. Yeah, I have so. I have Amazon Prime, Hulu Plus, Netflix, Netflix. and HBO Now, yeah. and I could not find not this streaming. motherfucking movie on any of them. Well, I so did I had not to pay download it illegally. I'll tell you that. I Neither would I. not do that. I respect copyright law too much. Um <laughs> So I would never do that. I don't. Chad's winking at me furiously over the over the yeah, Skype feed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't don't set up a VPN. Don't pirate people. Anyway. I I actually did pay four dollars <laughs> to rent these digitally. Man, I pay so much money for movies, and I go see so many movies, I don't feel guilty at all. Like I literally bought a goddamn ticket for Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry for Warcraft. I actually had a ticket for Ninja Turtles. I used my free one. Uh, by the way, uh, let me review Ninja Turtles for you. Don't go see it. Do not go see it. Do, there is not. There's no amount of drugs or alcohol or in movie blowjobs that'll make it worth sitting through. There's just nothing you can do. And it's literally like it. It man. I'm sorry. I got to go off on a little tangent here. No, you already are. It takes five <laughs> minutes. It takes five minutes. Literally less than six minutes for a Megan Fox to be put in a schoolgirl dress. And then after that, it's just about CGI turtles punching CGI animals, and then the movie's over. And that is the entire film. It is. It is just the worst garbage I've ever. So seen. wait, Bebop and Rocksteady, they aren't live action. They aren't. <laughs> <laughs> they are for like two minutes. It's Seamus from the WWE. He's all Seamusy, and then all of a sudden he's a I don't know what the hell he is a rhinoceros. Yeah. Anyway, I cool. saw, then I saw Warcraft. And that was a big relief, Brad. Let's start with Warcraft. Do you want to start there? Or how do you want to start this? Sure. Is that why you liked Warcraft? Because you saw it directly on the heels of TMNT 2? I can't actually think that I saw Warcraft before I saw TMNT, but yes, for the purpose of this, this discussion, uh, Warcraft did follow seeing X-Men Apocalypse and other stuff from the summer that I think is going to be kind of bad. Um, so, Brad, my initial reaction to this film, and you can vouch for this, was, oh my god, that looks like complete shit. I can't believe how bad the movie is. Brad, check out this trailer. LOL, man. I know. Look how bad it looks. And then when I heard it was by Duncan Jones, I was a little curious. Not because I love his films, but because he's a talented guy. And, like, you know. Is I, he? I was, yeah, I think he is. I think it's one thing we'll, we'll kind of flesh out from this show. I mean, I like his mm-hmm. movies, but talented dude. And, like, Warcraft is originally attached to another great director by the name of uh, uh, Sam uh, R- Rami? Sam Rami? 
Romney? Dra- yeah, I think he directed a movie called uh, The Evil Deed. Yeah. The great director, Sam Raimi, the legendary Sam Raimi. <laughs> I don't Raimi. know who that joke is for or at or against. <laughs> I you know, man. I know. Had a little fun here, too. <laughs> DJ, strong DJ Pimp Daddy will laugh at that. He'll He'll retweet. Laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi is supposed to direct that, you know, and anything he does, like, I sort of trust him. I don't feel like he would attach himself to any kind of crappy project. Like, he really does movies he loves. Like, Same I was kind of thing. I, I assume that if they were willing to pay out, if Blizzard Activision was willing to pay out for a good director like Sam Raimi, I don't know how that fell apart, like, they let Duncan Jones maybe make the movie he wants. Maybe he's not just a camera jockey like the Marvel films. And lo and behold, he's not. I feel like this was a unique summer film compared to the rest of the CGI blockbusters. The issue with it is uh, that while it's visually very, very impressive to me, I love the art direction, and I'm going to defend that later, Brad. I know you hate it. The story's abysmal, but it's a film very strictly made for Warcraft fans. And if you're not a Warcraft fan, I really can't fathom how you could follow the movie because I, having played Warcraft 3, all three Warcraft games actually, plus the World of Warcraft I played for a little while when I was younger... Uh, before I grew up and played Lord of the Rings online because I'm what, not uh, a tool. Hang on. We'll make yeah. your point and then I'll ask you a question. No, I'm just saying that the, this film was for them and even I had trouble following it even though I'm very familiar with the universe. So I'm curious to see how anyone who is not familiar with Warcraft could possibly follow this movie at all and if the visuals alone are enough to make it watchable. I don't know. What, what was your World of Warcraft name? Brew. I was a, I'm an alliance dwarf on Rivendare. Brew. <laughs> yeah. I was like to, I was like uh, to guess people's Paladin, Warcraft Paladin, Red names. Spec. Red spec, holla. Oh, man, they're always dumb. It's always like, skim ray. Skim ray? No, dude, I never... Dramdo. No, it's usually yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're always dumb. Yeah. Like, butt bong, 420. <laughs> they're like, oh, come on, butt bong. But... <laughs> but he's always the best one in the group. Yeah. <laughs> butt <Yeah>. bong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I name my characters very seriously. Like, I, I take my, like, I legitimately name them as if they're a real person and treat them like a real guy. Now, did you name it Brew as in just like B-R-E-W, or did you have like nine vowels after the no, B-R? No, B-R-E-R-B-R-U-E. Oh, cool, like Brew Cheese. You guys can add me on um, on Buttle.net, but I'm never going to play Warcraft again, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Not after seeing this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> no, like, you know, so like, I, I think we'll, I think we should get to that, that point about ma- being made for Warcraft fans. It is. In, in a Very second. Very strictly. Um, yep. But like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess my interpretation as someone who's never played Warcraft and who has only made fun of people's Warcraft names, Zub-zub. is that this was utter nonsense. And yes, yeah, like I still don't know what that means. You've been doing that all night and for the last like four days since I saw the movie. <laughs> and I don't know what that means. Uh, was it in the movie? No. Zub Zub? No. no, but I was waiting for it the whole time. I was like, Zub Zub. Please Zub Zub. But no one oh. Zub Zubbed. So, so the movie has a lot of integrity in that it didn't do a lot of fan service. Didn't give you Zub Zub. Uh, no, man, there was a lot of fan service. <laughs> yeah, I know there was. <laughs> it was basically two hours of fan service. That's all yeah. it was. And see, because that's the, the story's thing, already like... played out in Warcraft. It's not like it's an original tale. The well, that's the thing. In film form. See, that's the thing is like it, it feels like it was crafted simply to showcase like various random elements of the game. Like the wizard shoots blue lightning out of his hands, and the, the villain has like green glowing eyes, First and the off, warrior has a big sword, and Paul Patton's not green. A and... It's a warlock. Oh, it's a okay. warlock. Okay. Movie. Yeah, I'm gonna get hate. Someone's gonna like. I'm sorry, it's a threat to kill me. Maybe. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, now you're gonna get death threats oh, too. I don't even know. <laughs> Not from DJ Pimp Daddy because he's a low troll player. DJ Pimp Daddy, holla. Moving on. Go ahead, Brent. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess the thing is like, uh, you know, well, first of all, I will say that like, yeah, it was nonsense, and Not I funny. thought the I thought the character design was 
a business. Like it was an eyesore. Oh, I'm going to um, defend that. So, it, I, I, I hate it. I mean, I'm not even be, like exaggerating or being a dick here. I hated looking at the orcs. I hated it from like the opening shot, looking at their gross underbites and their weird dreadlocks. We probably um, should mention this is a spoiler episode, though Warcraft has no plot. There's so. no such thing as a spoiler for Warcraft. There is definitely, there could be a spoiler. There's just, there could be some guy out there who was really worried about the fate of the Guardian. After seeing the movie, I I don't even know what that means. Oh, oh, he was Maravage or whatever. Yeah, he protects the from the fell magic, which is like the dark magic. God, (laughs) he's in that green pool of magic goo (laughs) with Dodd from Memento. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yes, yes, that is correct. Yeah, no. So, like, I, I, I guess Ooh, I don't that, know. Is it like his caretaker? That's still confusing. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, he just like lifted him in and out of the pool yeah. for some reason, and <laughs> like received the visitors. He was like a butler who gave the guy baths. Yeah. Um. No, but you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what really to say that's actually a value to somebody who hasn't seen this because I feel like this is something where you're a Warcraft fan and you're going to see the movie regardless of what anyone says about it, or you're not a Warcraft fan and you don't give a fuck about the movie. Like I have to imagine that's that's the 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 two segments of the population. What here. if you're curious about Duncan Jones and that's the reason you go? Because that's the reason I went. Like I'm I'm done with Warcraft. Like it, to me, it only the only my Warcraft knowledge going into the film only made the film more understandable. Because I, I told you, Brad. I think I texted you that, and I quote. Let me find my quote here. That it's in name oh, gibberish. It's just the story is just like complete gibberish. I mean, there's no there's no way to follow it's nonsense. it. Nonsense. Yeah, unless you play Warcraft, like this film is just going to be a collection of random scenes. But did you unlike that? So here, let me ask you this: Were the visuals enough for you to somewhat be engaged in the film and to see this as a little better than, say, I don't know, the usual Transformers, Five Mers, Six Mers thing, or whatever the hell comes out next from Michael Bay? Uh, no. Really, you thought this was on the level of? Was this like on the level of bad of like Transformers Three? No, because I don't think it was like offensively bad. Whereas, like I, I thought Transformers, Transformers Three, and, and Age of Extinction, those movies were like egregiously, uh, sorry, egregiously, aggressively bad. Whereas this one, I just thought was Which really one miscalculated. Seventeen-year-old in the tiny booty shorts. All of them, like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Narrow it down for me. What color uh, hair did she have? Skinny blonde chick. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah, no, like I, I thought, you know, it, it wasn't one of those movies that is is just like violently awful. It was just, it was just really bad and just made no fucking sense and had a bunch of just kind of random stuff in it. It introduced a ton of characters that just didn't go anywhere. They they were stretched way too thin. And kind of like you said, it, it, you know, if you play Warcraft, you probably know who these people are, but like Not I like that, don't you have to because they don't give any exposition. Like I I kept thinking about that. I was like, man, if I didn't know what fell magic was, I would be sitting at the screen going, "What the fuck does that mean?" I mean, I was able to like <laughs> I, I was I I put it together that fell magic is bad. Um, That's right. You were only able to put it together because you've seen another fantasy movie before, maybe. But like, I I feel like that concept. I mean, s- several concepts in here were completely over my head. Had I not known what Warcraft was, well, I don't think the concepts um, are over my head. I just think it's their not, not their in, application the is of- over my head because I like I understand like I can understand good versus evil. I'm not a fucking moron, but like. You know, so like I got that the the ugly green magic was was the evil magic, and the the nice blue magic was the good magic. Like I right. understood that much. But, well, you're you making know, like, the plot I, seem so simple. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm making it complex. Um, like I was able, I was able to get that, but like I, I don't know what other concepts you're actually talking about here because I, it, it seemed like it was just orcs for some reason don't like humans and humans are defending themselves, and then the one human who has a huge sword um, falls in love with Paula Patton the orc, the the mini orc or whatever, because she's hot. Yeah, you like his sword. <laughs> She liked yeah. his sword. Oh, he's got a nice broadsword. Moving on. <laughs> that got weird. <laughs> I thought you were just going to no, roll man. over. I, okay. I guess here's my defense of Warcraft. I mean, we can't even analyze the plot or the story because there really isn't one. I guess, like, to some degree, there's kind of, sort of, protagonist and kind of, sort of, the mage guy who's the underling of the guardian mage guy. But, uh, but Or is it the, the kinda, group sorta, leader Lothar. of the orcs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I don't even know. And then it kind of, sort of, the orc guy. Like, there's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a jumbled mess, and I'm not going to defend the plot. Uh, again, this is almost like, this is almost something that was maybe worth making a and I know that you're going to be really offended by this comment, Brad. It's almost worth making a trilogy out of to flesh some of this out. Like, I would have liked a little bit more development from the characters. I would have liked more, uh, maybe, of world building and a little even more, a little bit more exposition in there to explain some of the concepts so that this would appeal more to non-fans. Because I felt like this was really compacted and rushed to the point where the world is about to end in the beginning of the film because this invasion by these orcs from this another world. And then by the end of the film, you know... Spoiler alert, the world doesn't end. Like, within that tiny time frame, this entire war has happened, and we've dealt with this bad guy really, really well, quickly, whereas I know, felt like something Lord of the Rings, this took it, several films to build up, especially if we're creating a large world. Oddly Sorry, enough, talk that, over you. like, you, you say that there's a war, there was barely a war. Oh, yeah, there was, um, there's, well, I mean, like, we got, we got aerial shots of war. Yeah, times. with a ton of CGI characters. Um, no, like it, it doesn't offend me that like the idea of this being on trilogy. Like if if they had if they had actually written a story and developed characters, that would have been that would have been great. Like that's what it was missing. So if it took you three three films to do that and you actually did it pretty well, then I would be happy with that. I'd be okay. fine with that. Well, my but only the fact note is that they compact it so much, and they just they just throw, they basically just throw everything at the screen. It's just like, well, the fans will know what this means. And they'll be able to put this together and make sense. They'll want to like it enough that they'll justify it. Zup, um, zup. <laughs> but like any like me, I've never played the fucking game before. I have no interest. Um, and so I go see it, and it just it's it's utter nonsense to me. It's like a fucking it's a, it's a Jackson Pollock that's painting right. to me, except it doesn't have any artistic value. Okay, I mean I um, think that's fair, but like to some degree, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make an analogy here to compare it to another film. Does this remind you of Jupiter Ascending at all? Um. And here's why. Like, we, we talk about the Lukowskis a lot in the show. You know, they're super talented super talented folk, uh, or ladies now, I guess. I'm really... Yeah, they're ladies know. now. Yeah, ladies now. So, um, like, that film, to me, felt like something that was supposed to be a larger movie, maybe three movies. They had a limited budget. They wanted to test the waters, whatever the case may be. So that film felt so rushed. It was really hard to follow who the protagonist was, really hard to follow the plot, but had enough, like, unique visuals that made it look different from its peers to the point where I felt the film had some value. Um, and really, like, it's hard to defend as a good film beyond that. That's exactly how I feel about Warcraft. I feel like Warcraft is unique in its its visual palette, uh, the color choices it makes, and I think to some degree, it's an animated film with actors. If this okay. is not something like The Hobbit. Like, I feel like this was something that was literally designed to be a CGI animated film uh, in the vein of maybe Final Fantasy, you know, The Spirits Within, and then they added actors to it, and that seems to be the approach they went with it. And I think on that level, it's almost like a modern throwback to uh, like the original Lord of the Rings, the original original Lord of the Rings, the, the animated one. Yeah, the, yeah, the Bakshi one, the way he made wizards Actually, as did well. He do that? 
I think he did do Lord of the Rings. I don't know if that was Bakshi, but anyway, I know what you're talking about. I'm going to look this the up animated from the seventies. Yeah, so like that you know, kind like, of animation, I, which threw in so, real actors into an animated project. That's what I felt like this looked like in the modern context, and that was cool to see. So I, I you know, like you've been, we've been sort of arguing this a little bit back and forth for the past couple of days since I saw the movie, and you've been trying to defend the art direction as as sort of like the 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 shining. It is. It is Ralph Bakshi of, of the film. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I haven't really understood it until now, you, you know, so you, like you, when you compare it to Jupiter Ascending, I guess I see what you mean. Um, but the fact is for me, Jupiter Ascending, as much as I love the Wachowskis is a terrible film. Um, yes. And, I'm not, and, and that while, is, that, yes, it does have, <laughs> and while, yes, it does have some interesting stuff in it, it's terrible. And it, it like, it's not enough to overcome how nonsensical and, and just, annoyingly uh hard to follow it is and that's kind of what warcraft is so like i guess i can see what you mean there is like some um redeeming visuals here although i can't really point to any specifically boy i disagree i thought the orc animation was and i know that you just made fun of their tusks i don't remember if that was off the air or not but i thought they looked fucking fabulous when that opening scene came out and this is again part of my defense that this is an animated film the opening scene has an orc and there's a voiceover narration, which is, by the way, ripped right out of the original video game. Um, there's a voiceover narration, and you cannot see the human's face at all. It's blacked out, and he's battling an orc that's animated. And it established for me that this is an animated film. These are what these characters look like. And I'm not supposed to take it in a realistic context. I'm supposed to take it within the somewhat cartoony visual palette, like the visual style they've given this. And that's I thought fine. they immediately looked dr- dr- like I just didn't breathtaking. Breath. Amazing. Wow. Dude, I, th- I thought the orcs um, were absolutely fabulous. I think this is maybe... Do you the- have asthma or something? No, man. I, yeah, How could it be really- breathtaking? <laughs> I just... I don't uh, know what it was. Like, I really thought that they were spectacular. Like, I think this is some of the best use of CGI I've ever seen. And I think okay. it's, again, because I, they went with that cartoony I see, animated like approach. I, I know you mean... I think we're arguing two different things here in the sense that, like, yes, I, I did think that in terms of the film as a whole, yes, they, they fit in with the visual, like, like the color palette of the film. Like, they, they worked. I didn't think that they looked necessarily unrealistic. As I mean, obviously, I knew that they were, but, like... Zub, zub. I just, I thought that um, their design, I, I, I thought they were hard to look at. It, it was something that I, I would not, if, if I were making the film... Like- because you didn't fall into like the cartoony art style for it. No, it was hard to look at because I'm looking at a fucking Rastafarian orc with an underbite. <laughs> That's yeah, not like, something that I want to like, look at for two fucking there, hours of the movie. There were amazing little details in their hair when he talked. The, the uh, I the get it. The animation was move. the an earring on his tooth. Folks, that's all you need to know. He's got oh, an earring that, on his fucking Was that my point, Bradley Rudder? Was that the point I made? I'm just saying we point out those little details in a Pixar film yeah, no, because they're worth I, mentioning. Okay, Why aren't they worth mentioning is, this? The There's thing, some craft uh, there with the okay, animation. But, but when I look at Nemo, I don't think, God, that's tough to look at. He's a cute fish who has bright colors. That's really nice to look First at. Off, it's visually appealing. Whereas <laughs> the fucking Lothar the Orc or whatever the fuck. No, Lothar's the human. He is painful to look at. Lothar it's not so, with like random random muscles that were it looked like there were uh, like like it looked like he was designed by like a 6-year-old who didn't understand human anatomy. He's not a human, dude. I know, but he's he just a has a bunch of random muscles, dude. <laughs> it just looks dumb. It looks so I'm dumb. Sorry. You couldn't appreciate the little details in the sense that when he talked, dude, the physics got, of the like the I, earring I and got, stuff on his tooth would move. I got it. I think the he was well animated, that's but what he I'm was saying. poorly that's, designed. That's but that's okay, I don't care about the craft when the thing itself is is awful to look at. 
Well, I just like I, you're, you're, I, I mean, I'm not understanding why like, like looking at it, but I don't understand why. It's I don't ugly. understand why he it, it is is painful to look at. It is an annoying looking character. What about a transformer? Does Bumblebee is he annoying looking to you? Are you like fuck him? I, he's he's not, a giant robo car. Looks like a kid didn't know that I mean, cars not, and robots are not things. super appealing. <laughs> like I, I don't love him, and I'm not arguing on his behalf. No, like I, I get it. I the anim, like the the special effects in the movie were pretty good, and the animation was good. They had nice details. I just didn't. I didn't care to look at these characters. I didn't want to look at the the orcs or listen to them try to speak English with their underbites. I think Paula Patton, when what she would try to say certain syllables, their it what was you, awful. Dude. It was horrible to look at. Have you ever seen a, like an orc before? Uh, only World in Lord of the Rings, World and Warcraft I hated. Very cartoony in its style, and I think this film is trying to capture that while also being unique. I okay, think I think job. I just think, I think we need to move on, and I think that's a, that's that's sort of the larger point. We spent way too much just arguing about the 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 details and the positives and the negatives of the movie. I think the bigger issue is this movie is not made for me. I hated the movie, and it was not made for me. I wasn't meant to like it. It was made for people who like the game. It's made a hundred and ninety eight billion dollars in China already. <laughs> billion, <laughs> like, and, billion, million. I think it's made one hundred and ninety over the weekend. I think it made two hundred million dollars in China. Oh my god, that's massive. That's, that's yeah, bigger it's than un, Star Wars. It's unreal. Right? I read yeah, that it's huge. It's fucking yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason for that. Like it was made for the fans of the game. And is that is that is that bothersome? Can you not like judge it on with that criteria in mind subjectively? You know what I mean? It's sort of like no, when you go see like a think... weird avant-garde film. It's not for everyone, and you can understand why some people wouldn't like it. That doesn't necessarily make it a horrible film. Um, I'm mm. just going to say I did not like this film no. because I don't think there was enough story development. But I someone who's a huge Warcraft fan might love it. So, and it's but crafted well it, enough where it's hard for me to call it legitimately terrible. I don't think it's crafted well at all. Um, mm. I don't I agree there. I think, I think, that, I think really the Duncan poorly. Jones does a lot of cool stuff with like the oh, camera man. work and things. Like what, the some... aerial shots of the fucking Iron Forge? Actually, first off, I love the aerial shots of the, oh, of the models that obviously sure. didn't exist. I Dude, mean, you love Lord of the Rings. It's all aerial shots. You are, you have said that just to troll me. They're, they're, okay, you were, for whatever reason, you remember like a series you. of aerial shots with that film. Orking uh, me? Is that really? Is that where we've gone know. to? Orc troll. That's your pun. It's just fantasy stuff. There People were had... no trolls in this movie. They left them out. Okay, and they didn't even. There put were the dwarves though. There were dwarves that looked like they had those dwarves. Okay, again, this is another thing in the fucking character animation. Those dwarves looked like they were created, and then somebody went into like Paint Shop Pro and just stretched their faces a little bit. You're not familiar with the source material though. Like that's I, dude, how they're I supposed don't care. to look. That's how they're supposed, they're supposed to look awful. No, like, but that's like, not a defense. It is, it is supposed to look cartoony. It is, it is stylistic within that. So the movie's trying to capture the stylistic, which, by the way, I think the video game is one of the best-looking video games ever in terms of art it direction. Maybe. It's amazing. Maybe. They're trying and, to capture and, some and of the, the way thing, that those like, models there's a difference, look. There's, there's a difference in the medium of games versus the medium of film. And, and no, this... There, no, no, no. Are you okay, kidding? I'm I'm go- not going to argue that there's a difference in the medium. I'm going <laughs> to say that there's no reason that one visual style... It, like, there's no reason it has to be mutually exclusive. You can have a video Chad, game visual style work in a film. Like there's Chad, tons my of weird point, animated My point films. is that, like, if I'm an ugly dwarf in a game, I don't care because it gives me great power and I can I can use my axe to kill everyone in sight. What if Whereas, it's like, an in NPC? A movie, your point, your point I is going to leave. Your your point is going to fall flatter here than this film's plot. Let me tell you. Because what if you're an NPC, I don't think right? That's like, possible. I'm saying that the visual style, the art direction of the video game, there's no reason they can't translate into film. There's no reason. Like, film doesn't have like a rule of what films have to look like, especially I, in one that's I animated agree. like this. I agree. I'm just saying. I thought 
I thought the character design was abysmal. It was but tough to look at that is for something, two hours. That is so subjective that that is not like that Maybe. is not a criteria by which you can judge the quality of the, the film and like a somewhat I think it is. level. It's something that nagged at me the entire goddamn time I was watching it. Yes, okay. I think that's absolutely something I can point out. So if I watch Ratatouille, let's just give this example. I watch Ratatouille and I'm like, man, look at their big noses. That's not what people look like. Oh, that rat doesn't even look like a rat. It's walking on two legs. I'm sorry. These character models don't do it for me. Is that a legitimate position? If that's something that legitimately nagged at you, then yes. Whereas that, I don't think that, that is. I don't think any. Yes. Like, like if someone were to say Ratatouille the, looks Chad, like shit. The film is like something. A, Chad, film is a visual medium. If I have to look at something that's painful to look at for two hours, that's a big problem. I understand. Like, what that's I'm a saying huge fucking is, problem. Would you respect someone's opinion if they said Ratatouille was hard to look at and that that made the film bad? Would you respect that position? Because that's how I feel about this. I think visually it's fantastic. I think if there's any takeaway, I've never heard anyone say that about Ratatouille. I've never heard anyone say that the character design was anything but charming. I'm just trying to break down. I I get it. I know what you're saying, but they're two completely different films that have two completely different sets of character design. And the one in Warcraft I thought was painful to look at. And I think the the people that are listening to the show are getting so fucking tired of hearing that. And I think we should kind of move on. But I'll let you make no, I'll let you make one refutation here. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to do I'll that. I'll give you don't, the last don't word. Don't talk down to me like that. I'm not what talking. Is wrong I'm with not you? talking down. I'm. I. I'm not. I don't mean to. Talk I'm. Li- down you to literally. Uh, you are because all I'm trying to make the point is is that if you think it's subjective, we can judge the quality of the film based on the fact that you don't like the approach to the direction and the art design. If you don't like the approach to the visual design of the animation. I'm saying that's something subjective that you should be able to say, that's my problem with it. I'm not judging the film sure. on it's objectively on that criteria. Otherwise, yeah, if it's but- purely subjective, again, hold on, let me finish my point. Go ahead, go ahead. I could literally say that Inside Out looks like shit. The animation shit and that movie look like crap just because I subjectively don't like it because that's not what people look like. I'm simply saying that you have to be able to se- separate that's something you have a problem with from it detracting from the overall quality of the film on a somewhat objective level. I understand this can't be completely objective. But yes. I personally don't know how anyone could think that this visually looks bad. I think it's visually amazing. So, but but Again, at the same time, I mean, right. like if someone were to take that position, I I'll could just understand grant it. it. I'll just yeah. grant it for the sake of moving on. That's I don't not- think I don't think we're going to get anywhere with this. Like I just I didn't like the way it looked, and you did. I understand that. I don't really think that this was a problem. Like, this is the kind of stuff we're supposed to talk about on the show. I think you're being a dick. And I think I'm the not, listeners are going to think I, you're a dick when they I'm listen not back trying, to this. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just trying. <laughs> well, like, you I, are I just, being a dick. And DJ I, Pimp Daddy is going to tweet at you and tell you. Yeah, he just doesn't like me. He likes you because you play Lotro together. We don't um, play Lotro together, all right? We're whatever. not even the same server. <laughs> <laughs> you're just alienating yourself. Uh, no, here's the thing. Like, I, I think your point is totally valid. I just think we have already spent way too much time on something that is not really worth spending nearly as much time as we have. What do you I, but like this is what we talk about with movies. Like this I know. is the kind of like this what other kind of stuff would you like to talk about regarding Warcraft? Like it's worth in analyzing. We've only been spending 20 minutes on it. I mean We're it's worth 29 minutes into the show. Um I don't think that that's true because we had some time in there when we were talking before it. So we'll see we'll see later, but it's I don't fine. think that's true. Anyway, anyway, I think, I, I, that, I, I think okay. that you're going to listen back to this when you have your arms uncrossed and you're not in your teenage <laughs> mode and you're going to feel like a total fucking asshole. When I have my frosted Pop-Tart as opposed to my unfrosted. Yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be because I think that you handle this very poorly. But we'll move on. Let's move on to source code. No, no. I, I actually, I, I want to, like, so I think this is made, again, I think this is made for Warcraft fans. And I guess I, I don't I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I, I don't know how to feel that there's a movie out there that was made for a very, very 
specific group of people and then I saw it and it was awful. Like, I, I don't know how to judge that, you know, because here I am saying that the character design was awful, whereas they're probably they're probably listening to this if they you're are. Just, thinking, you're literally going to make my point for me after being disagreeable. I have to go get another beer. <laughs> are you are you getting up right now? No, uh, no. Uh, but but that's the thing is like to to someone who loves the game and who's been playing it for 697 hours over the past three years yeah like the dwarves and the orcs look super cool and they captured them perfectly but for me like coming in off the street i'm just thinking like what the fuck is this well first off i don't think they captured them perfectly at all i think that they mixed Whatever. a new more realistic style with the cartoony animation from the game all i was saying is i thought that was that it looked good it was valuable and especially if you're a fan. But I'm glad you can at least say that it's hard for you to judge this movie because you don't play Warcraft or haven't yeah. played it at all. And by the so. way, that's I wasn't being a dick. That's what I was trying to move on to to make that point. I don't um, know about that, but... Yeah, that, <laughs> that's literally what I was trying to do. No, you were definitely being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, that's just my natural state in life. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, is it is it even pointless for us to critique this? Like, I, I don't know. Like, was the last half hour... Was that valuable to anybody, do you think? I don't know. Like, I feel like the la- basically where the fucking movie ends, I thought was weird because it's like, it almost, they really stayed away from this being an ad for Warcraft to some degree. It's more just like, it's pure fan service. Like, I really, I know that's somewhat of a degrading term, but that's definitely what this movie is. It's pure fan service, 100%. But to some degree, the movie ends right when, like, World of Warcraft, the game, 10 years ago would have started but nowadays like now it doesn't even mash up because the okay. world warcraft constantly changes so i, I guess that I, my position is literally that I, I think the only value you could away that you could take away from the end is that if you've been dedicated to this series for a long time you would sort of enjoy seeing a prequel to a game that you've engaged you know 10 years of your life in or whatever the hell it is at this boy point. i am so, so glad that you said that because when i watched the movie like it got to the end and, and, and like the whole time i was thinking like what is this why is this story worth telling uh, I just constantly ask myself that, and I think then that's it got the to the reason. It got to the end, and I was thinking like, this is. It, it seems like this is a prologue for a for a different movie, and like, yeah, I, I guess maybe that's apparently what it is. Except it really the, is a the prologue. prologue to it's a the prologue world to the game. Warcraft. Yeah, it is. That like this oh, essentially man. establishes how the horde came to be. Um, or at least the orcs, I don't know why they didn't show the rest of the horde monsters, how the horde came to be, uh, how they ended up having part of the world and why the world is in conflict, which is definitely what the purpose of World of Warcraft was. So like, yeah, it's definitely a prologue for fans of the game. And this is a product made for them. And I think to some degree, like I have friends who are big World of Warcraft players and like their reaction to this movie is that was fucking amazing. And like, these are people with generally good taste. Yeah. Like they're they're like I think that one of my friends has not seen it yet because he has this realistic view. Alex, if you're listening, that he has this position that it's impossible to take something that's a video game and has so many strands of narrative and put it into one movie. And I would say that the movie confirms his point to me because there's yeah, too much Alex going is a smart on. Dude, I met yeah. him. Yeah, he's. A I smart got drunk guy. with him one time. Yeah, you did. You did. So like he he did not see it. I don't know what his position would be on it, but like a lot of Warcraft fans, for them it was just awesome moments to sort of see these characters that they've they've played in a video game come to life on, on a big screen and presented in you a know movie. What? With you know somewhat new visuals i I, see i actually i i talked to alex over the psn network we were playing uh tomb raider together and he actually said that he didn't see it because the orcs look terrible um yeah we'll see we'll see what he says (laughs) we'll see what he says when he sees it in context so um no so like i guess to transition because we're talking about duncan jones more as a whole here 
Um, this I thought this really was, I thought this like was really poorly style. directed. I, I don't think that it is, but I don't and, really think it's him as much as it is. I feel like he's making a product for fans. I don't think this has his personal touch to it like other movies do. Um, so. But what, I guess, you know, there's such a, a small sample size that I, I don't know if I could say what his personal touch is, especially because I, th- I, mean, I think he's a bad director. I think he sucks. Oh, boy, that's um, weird, man, because I actually thought that. I, thought, I think um, this film had some really good scenes in it, but I think that there are several really, really well shot scenes in Moon. So Sure. I mean, I think he does something as well. But like in this, so there, there was like a... <laughs> Like, he just doesn't know how to build things up to make them seem important. And and again, this, this may fall under, um, I just don't know the world of Warcraft, but there was the scene where, like, the, the mage trainee goes up to, like, the wizard mountain. And <laughs> that is all to, like, mystery to me. I could, that's one of the questions I had for Alex. I don't understand. He's, like, trying to investigate <laughs> that thing, He like, Alzara or whatever. And, like, he goes up to this big thing. It's, like, this immortal wizard mountain in the clouds. He rides a big fucking bird up there. And, like, so he, like, goes up there, and they're, like, oh, he's, like, what's this thing? And they say, oh, it's, they reveal this big cube, this big, like, ominous black cube. And then he says a word, and the thing opens up. And it should be this moment where, like, he's about to, like, find out something really important. There sh- the moment should have a lot of weight. And, you know, like... Duncan Jones just immediately diffuses any possible tension or intrigue that there could possibly be. You know, like, we don't know what's in there. Like, <laughs> it should have been, like, slowed down, drawn out a little bit. Like, is, you know, like, what is in there? Is it dangerous? Is it the secret of the universe? Is it going to be, like, the ghost of his mentor? We don't know. And, like, it should be this epic moment. And instead, he just goes, like, oh, should I go in there? And the wizard just goes, like, I don't know. This has never happened before. And then he's, he just, just like in, He yeah. just walks in. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? Fuck! I, I thought like in any other movie with any scene, but... with any other director, that would have been this huge moment. It would have been really cool. It'd been kind of thrilling and like oh, mysterious and and interesting. I would. And instead, it's just like immediately any any possible tension or interest that I have in the scene is just like completely diffused by like huh i don't know like the wizard basically does like a shoulder shrug huh, huh i don't know i guess you should go in there you know there was another time too and like to, to defend what you're saying like again like i want to make sure i make this clear i do not really think that this is a good movie like i think that there's huge problems with character depth and huge problems with the plot uh even for me as someone who kind of understands the games like the one scene too where they have this main sort of protagonist at least i thought he was he's introduced in the film before the human characters and he gets murdered in this fight in the movie, like in the, like towards the middle of the second act, he gets killed. And I remember thinking like, I didn't even realize he died. And the movie handled that really poorly. Like this next scene or whatever, they're just kind of carrying his kid out. But I was like, he just died. Like that was a main character. Like I thought we were following him and like his goal was to kind of bring peace and stuff. And I was just gone. And we never really like, we'll think about him again until like an end monologue, which was weird. Yeah. You know, know why? I don't know why. I don't know why he made that choice. I'm not gonna it's just that. very bizarre and like yeah. you know you mentioned that opening scene where it's um I, whatever the duel i don't know what they call it the marimba or something yeah and there was also no, that's a an direct iphone text tone to the, uh, <laughs> it was a direct reference uh, to the video game as well because the, the yeah. video game cinematic opened with a orc and a human fighting and yeah. yeah so that's how the film opens and and like we don't i i don't understand the significance of that and like I thought it was kind of a cool scene in and of itself. Like if you were just to to show me that on its own, I'm like oh, it's kind of cool. I like the way it's shot. Yeah, um, it almost looked like a tech demo though, because it was like a weird background. Yeah, it did. It did. It yeah. really did. Yeah, um, it actually it may did have started as a tech demo. You know, what I, I mean? probably. I bet. Yeah. I bet it did. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so that's how like one of the main characters dies is in in one of these like head to head showdowns, and I'm sure Warcraft fans are like tearing out their fucking hair, like crashing their cars into the ditches really right now listening to this. I don't think those things in the movie were a thing in the game. <laughs> oh, really? I don't really think. I don't think because so. it, it was like, a sacred thing among the orc population. I don't they, know. They I've turned on the villain guy, because so he didn't respect the the cool whatever dual thing that they do. Yeah, that was some of the only exposition they gave in the movie, too, where I learned a little bit about the orcs. I was like, oh, they're kind of like Klingons. They're honor-based, and they sort of mention that, but that is the only line of dialogue in the movie or exposition they give regarding these characters' motivations. So, yeah. other than that, it's yeah. just like the humans have castles. <laughs> Moving on. Pretty <laughs> much. Know. Yep. But here's the thing is, like, you know, I... I've been unsure of what I want to do with my life, but I think I'm going to try and be a dentist in Ironforge. Oh, Ironforge? Or, you mean in the orc? The orc? Ironforge is the dwarf city, okay? Oh, man. Chad, I'm just going to go commit suicide. All right, we're going to move on to source code, I think. You want to um, go source code? You want to go backwards? Talk about Duncan Jones. Might as well go backwards. Start with right. Moon. Or, you know, we'll, we'll finish with Moon. So, Source Code Brand, you and I both fresh fresh off seeing this. Um, I, again, it was another film where I, I felt like the visuals carried it in a lot of respects. I think in this case, really? it has a really interesting concept that makes the movie kind of engaging to watch. Um, but I think that it has severe, severe problems with its conclusion that I, I mean, the last five minutes of the movie, literally the last five minutes, I thought were, like, cringeworthy. Just cringeworthy. And it You're almost, bad. like... It's almost like they're just to be trippy and strange. Um, but other than that, I, I felt like it was it was enjoyable and entertaining enough where it felt like uh, you know a popcorn flick or a kind of summer blockbuster that I would enjoy without a lot of uh, total CGI effects. really relies a lot on performances and uh, an interesting concept that has enough mystery to keep the audience engaged. And having not seen this movie in years, I've not seen this since it's out in the theaters with Meg. Hello, Meg. Um <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was great. And like I don't necessarily, you know, think that it, it shows how talented Duncan Jones is on its face, like if it were the only film that he made. But I think that this combined with some of the stuff I saw in Warcraft and Moon, I'm willing to say that he knows how to make a competent movie. And I think source code is definitely that. I'm not gonna say it's great, I'm not gonna say it's spectacular, I'm just gonna say really enjoyed it. And as a pure piece of entertainment, it was pretty damn good. All right, so like you, you said a lot of things there, and uh, I'd say about half of them I agree with and half of them I disagree with. I think Source Code is a movie that has a really cool, high-concept premise and pretty much literally zero emotional or intellectual depth to it, um, which is, you know, sort of like amounts to a movie that's kind of entertaining um, while you're watching it, but just a zero after it's done. Um, it, you know, something that while I was watching it, I thought it was, it was entertaining. And like, I could under, I, I, I remember enjoying it when I saw it in the theater five years ago and just eating some popcorn and thinking like, oh, this, this is neat. Um, this is a cool premise. Um, but I just don't think that outside of that, um, it has any value. I think the premise is cool without that. It's, it's garbage. Cool direction. I, I mean, some cool photography. No, the, the fact no. that he makes it like there is enough difference between him reliving these eight minutes each, each time it's, it's shot a little differently. Uh, you know, a new thing kind of happens. Like, I feel like at the very least, uh, it's you think it's shot differently. Yeah, it definitely shot differently. And I think that there's I don't some, think so. I think there's some cool memorable shots in there, like that slow motion fire shot a couple times. Like he does With enough the bad of CGI. the visuals. I think he doesn't. Yeah, 
yeah, it's not, it's not, I think that there's something like there's some real bad CGI in here. I don't know if I think it's bad. And I, I okay, like that was the CGI sort of, of the train wreck is miserable. Okay, well that was um, sort of my initial reaction. But the more that I think about it, since this is an illusion that exists within this guy's mind, at least that's that's my understanding of it until the last two minutes in the movie. Um, um, but that doesn't excuse when we see the third person um, shot of the train wrecking because he wouldn't have seen that. So no. Yeah, but, but I see what you mean. There's a lot of I see what you mean. Wouldn't it's happen. it's a little subjective, and I, and oh, I get that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll you no, make I'm just case. saying that like usually when we we talk about like visuals being attached to a character's style, it's not like they're all shot like hardcore Henry. You know what I mean? Like to some degree, like <laughs> what God. happens within? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like what happens within a movie if it's told from a character's perspective? The visuals can play into that. I don't think that's any different here. And I think that I'm not going to say the special effects were intentionally bad, but I'm going to say these special effects were, were effects were intentionally unrealistic sometimes to add to that dreamy. You think it was intentional? Yeah, I definitely. I I definitely agree with that. I I guess here's the thing: is like I don't think the film. I I, I think you're. I don't think the film was smart enough to do that. Oh, Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's smart enough to to take moments to find some cool photography. Like, I absolutely love that shot. Explain that. Okay, so I, I, I know I, the one you. I, I think I know the one you mean with the the fire where yes, they're like about to kiss or something. Because I think I would have to disagree with your premise that I think this film it lacks intellectual depth. Like I don't think there's any con- like there's no ethical question here. There's no controversy. Like this is unethical. You know what and I mean? The like, sad thing is that yeah. there really could be, and and, and the sure. film wants there to be. I guess so. But the film doesn't present any kind of thing because the, nope. the the opposing side in this is just so much like your life. It means my career, so I don't care about your life. I love my career. So like no, that's it, but not, it's not even that. Seriously, it's not even that. It's basically that like so like part of my problem with it is that I I don't know who the villain is and I don't I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for because basically what the film ends up being is is it's against Jeffrey Wright who's created this this program where Called someone can the source code program yeah yeah source code um and it, it basically works so well that it prevents um. Uh, an unnamed huge terrorist attack that saves millions of people and he becomes a villain because he wants to do it again he wants to prevent another terrorist no, attack no, no. okay um i agree with you and i think that that was superficially kind of presented that way but i do think that he's a good enough actor where it's sort of presented that he doesn't give a shit about terrorist attacks and i think that was established in the only line of dialogue that's good but why does that matter why does that like the the, because the underlying it, fact is that he prevented something that see, saved the lives of two million people according to the movie, then, and then he wants to do it again. That's that's fine, but then you are then you would have to grade has some intellectual depth because it's proposing a utilitarian question, a classic utilitarian question, by the way, since it involves the train metaphor, which is the classic usage of this, and I think it's one of the things the film is definitely presenting. But to me, the film seems to answer it pretty well this is my issue with it it's not that it's not presenting something that i feel like has some sort of emotional depth it's that the the most the intellectual depth that should stem from that is inert because i only side at least i did anyway with uh jake jonathan's character i did not even consider the idea of this position of this this anti-terrorist guy like whether he saved lives or not he's presented in such a villainous and heartless way that it was difficult for me to even see the opposing utilitarian argument which I think is just laziness, though. It's, it's I think it's laziness because because essentially the film has no, there's no suspense in the film, and it has no, there's nothing there. It's just like I I don't know what I'm rooting for. Basically, like I already know what's happened. Nothing. Jake Gyllenhaal's character can't change, and he's reliving these eight minutes where everyone on this train has already died. So it's not like he's going to prevent that from happening. It's already happened. I'm not worried about any of these characters dying because they're already dead. 
Yeah, so yeah, like, I guess you're right. Like, it, there's it really just a weird thing. There's never any moment where anyone is in danger because the dangerous situation has already happened and everyone is already dead. And then well, there's Jeffrey the last Wright. Two minutes. But it turns which out are lots fucking of people are asinine, dead. Which are totally asinine. Um, <laughs> I'm not you know, so it's just those, like yeah. every, everyone on the train is already dead, and then it just cuts to like a random research facility that's removed from the action, and they're not going to die. So it's just like who, you know, basically it's just an unnamed, vague terrorist threat that's threatening Chicago, and Chicago is only ever seen in these like distant aerial shots like you never see inside of a building where there's this accountant who has two kids at home and she's just trying to feed her family and you know whatever like she's going to be one of the people that dies in this you never see that it's just like oh here's a bunch of buildings and there's a river and that's what that's what the threat is it's oh this something something that we're not naming might happen to this and that's that's what the film is like that's what the suspense is they're trying to prevent that and it's like i can't get on board with that i don't i don't give a fuck especially when i'm like worried about jake gyllenhaal calling his dad which is a zero (laughs) well okay i'm not gonna defend defend the the dad storyline that they they try to okay there's a couple problems i have with this movie um, and I think that you sort of touched on them a little bit, but I want I want to I want to word them in another way, and that's that I don't think the film asks the intellectual question it's asking. And I know that sounds stupid, but it's true. No, and I think that I think it's presenting you a utilitarian question. But you're right; the film doesn't take. I, I actually just made this position a second ago. It kind of just answers that question immediately without presenting it. So it doesn't really present that intellectual conflict one might have of is it okay to sort of conquer or take control of this person's consciousness consciousness in order to save all of these lives? And if the movie did present that, that might add some depth. Point number two is exactly what you just said about the dad and stuff. It tries to interweave a lot of stuff with this guy's past into the movie to add. Um, kind of emotional depth that really I think is supposed to establish the fact that he's a real like sentient human person but I think yeah. that was already established by him interacting with people on the train in such an intelligent way so I don't think yeah. we needed all the extra baggage from his past life once we knew that he had a past life and maybe that little flashback sequence that I actually thought was good that was enough but adding his dad in there and having that phone call at the end even I was like that's eh, a little much and yeah, I, I kept, like, who cares? kept looking at my watch too because I was like it's going way past eight minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's weird that you look yeah. at your watch in a 90 minute movie too Um, (laughs) well I was looking at my watch literally because the movie has that 8 minute gimmick and I was curious sometime how much time actually passed so because it does feel like a lot of these 8 minute stretches feel like they're 15 minutes long so you know yeah, well, I no, I actually think they do a pretty nice job well, with that. Well, they do a good like, job of the, the actual... Was okay. The, okay, I, I kind of, except that I do feel like he got off the train and got in a fist fight with the guy and heard his <laughs> yeah. monologue about the bomb in eight minutes. And let me tell you what, like, yeah. I guess it could happen, but you're rushing that shit. So you know, there is, yeah. there's definitely, like, if you were to film that out in real that, time... That, that by, was eight I minutes 20, with film editing. Exactly. It's um, like 24's version of real time is really yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, and, and like, I, so I feel like... Like, I, you know, I, like I can't defend the depth in that, but come on, man! Like this was a, it was well crafted. I did think there was I don't some think emotional was. stuff there. I thought the relationship between Gyllenhaal and the girl that he meets in the train, I kind of love that because it's a classic kind of movie love story element where a person, you know, kind of n- falls in love with some instantly that they they meet on a train of all places. It's a very good place to have drama. I thought it, I thought um, it was a nice a nice play on that too because she's like G- Gyllenhaal is basically embodying the the 
the body of another guy yeah. who's been existing and developing a relationship with this girl for a while too. So she's already kind of in love with him, but he is newly inside of this body. So he's like, he falls for her instantly. And so it like kind of works and it's kind of interesting there. There's some nice scenes there. It is. And, and I, I think it was definitely that- chosen, it was definitely chosen intentionally. And it, there's no question in my mind that it was to, you know, to bring in some emotion and maybe some questions that people might've got from other mediums or other films. And again, one of the, the points to that is that like the old school train conductor walks by and punches the tickets like i know this movie's yeah, made a few years in 2011 ago, yeah like that that just doesn't happen anymore but that's something you would see in a classic film so i think he brought some of that warmness into it that i really really did think was great well see um, i that, really really that, loved it the ending that's, sort that's of, originally the ending is great until the ending that's, the that's ending. sort of a <laughs> that's sort of a big problem that i have with the movie is that i think and, and and maybe duncan jones as a whole is that i think he like he doesn't have a sense of humor he doesn't understand when his premise is ridiculous um like he takes this premise so seriously did it he has write like this, though? he didn't write this um i don't know if he wrote it he i did don't not write he did, moon, actually so he did not write moon that much i just he wrote the story on. for moon he wrote the story for moon. i don't think he has a story did, credit did he? uh oh, okay. i watched it the other day as a story credit it's fine well he, he did um, not write the screenplay correct uh, I don't know. He did no, not. He did not. Okay. Um, but still, as a director, he takes it way too seriously. And, and and basically, source code is like a completely fake kind of asinine technology. And the yeah, film, really like, it doesn't use it, it to ask. <laughs> it to, yeah. And, like, you're not meant to. Um, but, like, the film doesn't, like, use it to ask any questions or analyze anything about society. It was just, like, I, I was never completely sure why any of these events mattered. Um, oh, it's actually written by Ben Ripley. I don't know who that is. Um, oh God. Um, now I gotta click on him. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he wrote, uh, oh, no, never mind. He didn't do the first species. He did the second species. Mm, that's not a good credit to have. Anyway, go ahead. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> he wrote a bunch of crap. <laughs> no, but like, so, so you guys did species? Anyway. So like, you know, you know, you were saying that you liked, um, the end of the movie, and I did too, because that, that was a moment where, uh, like you know one of the characters on the train is like this sort of amateur comedian that jake gyllenhaal has like a couple like mini conflicts with and in the end he just has like this one last run through of these eight minutes on this train and he just like gives the guy a hundred bucks and says make everyone laugh and like he does all these like kind of like silly little quirky things to like rewrite the story and i thought that stuff was really fun oh good and i'm I think glad they, you agree he was like writing yeah. his own reality and it felt yeah very exactly it felt very fake and it, it added to that like cinema fiction feel that the train that the train brings about like it really yeah. really did and so I, I love I thought, that ending I, I wish I wish the rest of the movie had done that I wish Duncan Jones had just realized that like this is kind of this is a silly like it's a cool premise but it's a silly technology and if he had just like sort of worked in sort of quirky personalities on the train and made it kind of like if he had wink winked to the audience a little bit more it would have been a lot more fun like i think my one of my point my favorite part with that woman oh very heavy at the tv screen like her emotion and stuff um so that's a lot of physical dead seriousness that she yeah and i want to mention another scene with her too is that like so i love i love that end scene with the comedian character yeah and my favorite scene other than that is is the one where jake gyllenhaal asks her it's vera farmiger who's a really good actor uh and (laughs) like he asks her like what is your experience with the source code like is this is this normal what i'm feeling and she's just kind of like uh i don't I've never done it before. Like my brain waves don't really, uh, I don't know. I didn't have the right body type or something like she just gives this like thin flimsy answer. And then you realize that the reason she's never done it is because you have to be dead. And so like, <laughs> I, I felt like that was like a very deliberately 
thin answer and like it was a wink wink and i loved it i thought it was like it made me laugh and i was kind of yeah, laughing so like i, I was so smiling too. when it happened and i feel like if the rest of the movie had sort of followed that lead of of just like i don't know enjoying the premise kind of chewing on it a little bit like it would have been a lot more fun whereas instead he's like chasing down the banker with the briefcase and he's beating him up in the bathroom and it's just like yeah. no this it's is a little much dumb yeah, it's a little yeah, much just, like just acknowledge that this is a little silly and like let us have fun with it. Let me eat let me eat my popcorn yeah. and that scene ah. was that scene was especially weird because he essentially profiled the guy like a real cop would beat him and then was wrong. Yeah. Oh you yeah. You know what I mean? He's so, dead wrong. He's the, dead wrong about everyone that he not only that, and then the the actual ending of the film, which we, we gotta we gotta say this. So the actual the, the ending is is that he has eight minutes left to do this one more time, so he creates this perfect ending where he kisses the girl and he pays the comedian off, and it's brilliant. But then after the eight minutes is over, the, the film appropriately freeze frames, and then it leaves us there. And I'm thinking, like, bravo, great ending. Yeah, Like, that's cool. fine, because it, it adds to that He's that just going to live in his own feel, reality. drama, right, like that whole classic Hollywood thing he's going for. But then the freeze frame stops, and then it's another five minutes of film about how this new world is real, and he left his... He left a message to the the woman who was at the computer screen so that they can communicate again. And, you know, like, he actually he actually stopped this train from going off in real life. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, like it was just too much. And it kind of undermined a lot of the emotional depth that they added to those scenes like that. Because I thought that was kind of disturbing now, looking back, that he just beat a guy. Whereas, whereas originally that had no stakes. So now I want to analyze that. Hey, you just beat and murdered a guy. Let's analyze that ethical aspect of source code. No, wait, the movie's over. We can't analyze that now. But see, I don't, I don't think it, I, I don't think you have to because again, that guy's already dead. It doesn't even matter. That guy's like, already dead, but he's not dead now in this new world. So that guy oh, would have been yeah, alive the whole oh, time God, if he had true. actually stopped the train going off. But instead, he, you know what I'm saying? Like he did yeah. murder people now. But like, Ooh, it's, wow, that is. I didn't even think saying. about that. I hate this the movie weird ethical now. question. It hates this weird ethical <laughs> question at the end where you're like, no, go back. Like now, I want to answer some of these questions, but it's too late. The film's over. I don't know why he chose to add that little thing on. Maybe Ben, ben Ripley's well, mad somewhere. He's like, yeah, I had the original ending. All planned. I guess the, the other thing Jones. is that the ending doesn't even make sense. Like I don't even understand the ending because it essentially like. It, so the, that last scene that you're talking about takes place on the morning of the train crash before it happens. I don't know. Like, yeah. I can't say this for sure. Because, like, he, he, he sends a text in that last eight-minute segment that he has. He sends the text, which is, like, the the test question That's that she had asked him in the beginning. That this world is real, yeah, and he wants yeah, to Yeah, yeah. And so she which, gets way, it on the morning of the thing. phone in eight minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God. Buy a text. You need to call her, leave her a voicemail. It's just asinine. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> like, def- honestly. I'm not going to defend that tie-in element either, yeah. Yeah, like, there, there's just a lot to it that I don't like. And, and, and there, there, there are a lot of things that, there are a lot of avenues that it could have gone down that would have been really interesting. And yeah. a lot of ethical questions it could have asked because... I mean, I guess the thing with making Jeffrey Wright the inventor of source code, making him the villain, that could have worked if, you know, because basically Jake Gyllenhaal as this this sort of dead body who's just kind of like brainwaves, that, you know, he's sort of a prisoner, essentially, like they're forcing him into this situation. He's a tragic character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, and that could have worked if they had explored that and sort of made that a, a focus and like how he feels about that, but instead it was just kind of like, nah. Like he, they just show how useful he is, and then expect us to think Jeffrey Wright is a dickhead because he wants to 
stop another terrorist attack. I just like I, I don't know. Doesn't. I couldn't get on like, board. He doesn't with it. like, and I think that that's something that they didn't flesh out enough. But, but that's something they don't get into. That, that's like, exactly we don't right, know his motivation. Not the utilitarian question, you know, like you know, especially it's essentially like it's sort of established in the last couple minutes of the movie that he's just he can't wait for a terrorist attack. He loves terrorist attacks because he wants his career to be validated, and he you says know, that in the very last but, line of the but movie. But that's the, that's the says, other well, thing. Eventually, the right thing will will rear its head, and like we yeah, can prove this project. And, so. and I wish, and I wish they had done more with that because that would have been a really that could have been a really cool. I don't movie know. He does have that creepy it. sociopathic phone call on the phone with the president, where he's like, "Yeah, it's a good thing." That too. scene like, that we should never see. Lives we saved. Like, oh, yeah. it's hard to think about. And like, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's limping around that crutch and yeah. looks creepy and weird. <laughs> he does and... look creepy, and like that's again, like obviously something they physically wanted to put in there, like someone who's, you know, has something to prove. That's what the cane, the yep. message the cane sends to me. Uh, the yeah. only point I want to make is that I felt like the last five minutes of the film reminded me of Blade Runner. Blade Runner ends tr- historically when the doors close and it doesn't answer all our questions. And that's where the movie ends. And I felt like this reminded me of a film that did end with the doors closing, but Hollywood wanted them to add a scene where Harrison Ford and uh, uh, the actress's <laughs> name drive through the mountains and smile yeah. together, you know, which was in the theatrical version of Blade Runner. The, the studio made them do it. To a lot of extent, I felt like someone watched Source Code and they're like, nope, that ending's sad. They both die at the end. I need a happy ending in there. Like some Even though they were already dead. Act- well, some, some, it yeah, does. Exactly. It, you're so, you're totally right with just that. just walked in and done that Blade Runner, all the Blade you're Runner. You're totally you know? right. So I bet you there's another ending in this film where they all just they die because that seems like the more rational explanation. It seems considering like the one has you're the most already emotional dead. impact. Yeah, no, like so, I, I, that makes total sense to yeah. me. Like I didn't, I didn't. And think then you could remove like, those stupid I, tie-ins too. You could remove I, I, those dumb yeah. tie-ins. I bet that's totally right. Um, like at first, like him wanting to hear his dad, like him wanting to like call his dad and stuff, like seemed okay because I get it. Like it's his way of having some sort of like getting rid of those guilty feelings that he can prepare for his death, and it's just sort of like a coping mechanism for him. But then when it turns out that he's actually alive, I guess still kind of, and his dad is actually alive, why doesn't he just go visit his dad now and tell him like, "Hey, I'm your son." Well, because it's eight <laughs> minutes, he can't get to like Greenpoint or no, he doesn't now is. because he's he has um, unlimited time. He has a whole new life. Oh, because he did he That's stopped the train saying. crash. So that, like all those tie-in moments and stuff would maybe be less ridiculous uh, or be removed completely had the movie have ended where it should have ended. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there were just so many questions that the movie, the movie just wanted to stick with this cool premise of reliving these eight minutes and doing it differently every time. And it is a cool and it just, premise, well done, and I thought some of it was kind of beautiful and, and emotionally yeah, I, resonant, especially as a film fan. This is a I film movie. I kind of didn't think so. Like, it kind of reminded me of, of that Tom Cruise movie. What was the what, the sci-fi one he did a couple years ago, the uh, Live, Die, Repeat? Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow, yep. It reminded me yep. of that. And, like, the difference is with that, it, it used that premise of reliving the same day in a really, really clever way. And, like, it, it, it used it to develop the characters a lot more and develop the emotional. And, like, it, it made it it made all of this kind of real for us in, in, in a way that Source Code really didn't. But and, Source Code really doesn't have to because Source Code's not taking place in real life like that movie is. Like, they're literally sending him back in time in the Tom Cruise one, whereas this one, it's he's literally living in his imagination. So you're allowed to take some more leeways in terms of adding fantasy to it. That other, Unlike, a, uh, not, maybe but, not but, fantasy because I know but, one in all But I guess aliens, it, but. If, if he's reliving it in any, 
adding his own fantasy, then I feel like that's even worse because there's less imagination in it. Like they just do so much less with the premise than they do in like yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. I know, and, and then I they got to jump that, like, intellectual hoops too. You're like, well, if it's in his imagination, like how can yeah, yeah, how yeah. can you find the bomb? How can he? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about that so much as just like uh, you know, and and just saying that it's not as good as that movie doesn't mean that it's like insignificant. But no, I just no, think I that like here's two movies with a very similar premise, and I think Doug Liman in Edge of Tomorrow does so much with this premise to add to use it to like enhance character enhance plot and yeah. like our and understanding of a, this world we never talked about the show of, but that's a great film that's a damn yeah, good film it's really good so. and, and it's another movie that has like a really asinine ending but um you know like then I look at Duncan Jones and Source Code and like he just does nothing with it like it's literally just a cool premise and a bunch of random scenes that are like you, I feel like you could have rewritten this with a bunch of different scenes and had the same beginning and same ending, and it would have been the same movie, except made pro- probably more enjoyable. No, it's it's definitely a very traditional three act structure, and a, you know has a lot of like kind of I don't know generic sort of spins to it in terms of like how we would judge plot points. Like a lot of stuff does seem like it exists in other movies, but I think that that's that's okay because I think to a lot of degree this is a movie that relies so much on other movies to sell you on its on a, not necessarily its premise as much, but the emotion to it. And I think it does a really good job. I, see, I don't that. think there's so any emotion to it. Like I think that's a problem. That that's my problem. I think with some it. of is... it work. There is something kind of beautiful about this idea where this guy literally falls in love with this woman because even though the eight minutes is completely fake, at least we kind of think it is, and it exists in, inside the mind of a dead man. To him, well, it's it is not, as it's real as just, everything else. Well, and it's also know. not eight minutes to him. It's also like his whole life, literally, possibly several days yeah. because he's relived this eight minutes how many times? Exactly. But, I don't. So I thought but, that was like, kind of. I, just, I thought the relationship was kind of pretty. Like I really did I, enjoy that aspect. Of I, it. I I agree with that. I I like that. You like um, the kiss I, at the end too? Very sure, classic sure. movie moment. You know, sure. Really it, yeah, is very yeah. I agree. Um, but I, I just, I wish they had made something a priority or made, I don't know, either like developing his character or, you know, making something suspenseful because honestly, like I just, like I never, the main, again, like same with Warcraft. The thing that I was asking the whole time is why do I care? Okay. Why? What? Why do I care? I think and again, that was established for me though. I think it was more about Gyllenhaal than it was saving all of Chicago, which was weird. Yeah, you know, I never but really like feel those stakes, and 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 we're gonna transition to Moon. And my first question is, why do I care? I think that's Duncan Jones. That that's him in a nutshell. Is why the fuck do I care about anything that he's doing? <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Moon. Uh, like that, that's another... his directorial trademark. Why do I care? I think that he's a guy who's seen a lot of movies, and I think to some degree, while he's not Tarantino about it, <laughs> like that's that comes off in a lot of the way that he makes films. And obviously, Moon is an example of that. Moon is clearly a homage to 2001 a space odyssey i think we can all agree on that it's shot in a very wide screen a lot of slow uh a lot of slow scenes not obviously as slow as 2001 because that would just be painful to today's audiences and it has like an ai that's somewhat malicious whose motivations aren't clearly clear and i think it's obviously homage to those it's like it's like a passive aggressive hail it is and to some degree like i loved seeing that i remember even the first time i saw this i was like i enjoyed that element of it and actually i remembered nothing about moon in my second watch here um, I remember a little bit. I remembered nothing except the AI had the stupid faces on it, and that is like I a like visual that. element. That's wonder. Yeah, it's a wonderful visual element because it sticks with me, and it, it, it's like Moon's identity for me. Um, so again, yeah. beyond the visuals and beyond that stuff, though, it is hard for me to get into the lives of these clones or to empathize with them in the way that I should. And again, I think it's because it's presenting no moral question or ethical question. Even though I guess in this case it'd be diff- more difficult to replace like 
obviously in this case it's just wrong i I (laughs) see i think the thing is like it's it's almost the same the same ethical question as as uh as source code in that basically this is they're doing it for profits Kind of, but that is sort of what I think source code is done. I don't really think source but, code is but yeah, Jeffrey, argument. Like yeah. in this, in in the same like sense, Jeffrey Wright is trying to advance his career in in, in source code. Um, right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. This is up corporation so it's, wanting. It's profit, basically so. the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see yeah, that. Yeah. Like they're they're basically holding Sam Rockwell or any version of Sam Rockwell or his clones or whatever. Uh, they're basically holding him prisoner to to do a task for them. Right. Um. But like the and so like to make money that that you yeah know, and and, that's and well sure. established by that infomercial beginning that but but you know so I guess that's another thing too is like in in source code it's a it's a very useful program um like yes it may it may advance Jeffrey Wright's career but like it did save two million people technically maybe, in that alternate maybe, reality but I think, possibly I think that, I think that um, one of the reasons we never see that is because that that intentionally isn't driven home because maybe like the war on terror it's largely just bullshit maybe that was one of the messages the film was presenting especially yeah, but, since it has but an evil bureaucrat if that, in it you know I don't if know. that is if that is the message I agree it's, it's not it's, there I'm they don't do anything to advance it like you, you are yep. wanting to create that message for yourself I, I know um, I am like I totally agree and I think that at the same time Moon should should be presenting you know some sort of analysis of how horrible this is that a corporation is doing that but it doesn't, it doesn't. like it, it, doesn't. It, it literally opens with like how useful this program is like it, it literally it well, presents it, clean affordable yeah, uh energy pro- for that's an most that's of the, the world propaganda like that's the propaganda right like and i felt like it I, came I off it. as it came mm. off like do you remember when bp put up those ads after the gulf oil spill where it was like bp fueling our planet together and it was like loaded with animals and stuff you didn't feel like bp was I all of a sudden it, but, <laughs> a friend of the but see the thing is the thing is with bp we knew that that was bullshit where with moon in this like alternate universe that takes place in the future they don't duncan jones doesn't give us any counterpoint to that it doesn't show us that that's it doesn't bullshit. have to because it's bullshit now and it's bullshit in the future because it's always been bullshit i think that that's clearly presented all right but but the fact is like would you really like if you found out that there there was one guy who was cloned and he like for three years he was just helping mind clean energy that was affordable to you would you be like, this is madness? This is this is the worst thing ever. Like, you, yeah, of course I would. It'd be horribly unethical. It's a sentient being. You can't take you can't take sentient okay. beings and hold them prisoner against their will and then murder them for your corporate right. profits. I I agree yeah. with that. Now, the movie Moon Does not doesn't that. ask that <laughs> question not, at all. It doesn't address it I, in any way whatsoever. I am not like again. I, think I, you I have totally to agree so with much. you. You have to bring so much into these. I think both these. But movies see the, to some the thing. The thing with, with Moon with ask these questions. The thing with Moon is like for me, it, it like all it presents is like oh, this is just clean energy for everybody it's it's basically saving the world this is a very no, useful I, thing I, I disagree with that i don't know how you take that beginning ad seriously it's clearly just some uh, ad. i i don't i don't take it like totally seriously but like it is obviously creating energy i took it as seriously um, as i did that scene where they're going to murder the clones and he's like thank you for your service you know it's been a hard three years but we're providing the world with great energy because of people like you and i was like Ugh, what corporatish like cyberpunk chill oh, nonsense oh, yeah. You know, but that's how I felt about the beginning ad. Like I was never. I agree. But both the, times watching this movie, I was never like convinced. Like, ah, they really oh, did clean up the world's energy. Oh, oh, it totally seemed ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. Right. But the film, but the film never does anything after that to to support that. That's because that scene is strictly there to give a very. Uh, I would. I would. It's argue, expository. 
It's lazy it's exposition. Theory, but it doesn't even need to be there because did you need a reason? No. Nope. Did you need nope. for a reason for them being on the moon to ask these nope. questions or analyze this? Guys stuff? on the moon. Thank you. Guys on the moon. Bad corporation. We didn't need to establish why they're there. And I, I feel like that I agree with you. I don't think that, that scene works. I, I don't think that – I think I get what you're saying more often, that it feels out of place because it also does not match the tone of the movie. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I mean <laughs> the movie just does nothing. Like I, honestly, like to me, I just looked at it and thought like, yeah, that'd be great. If that could happen, sure. Like if this guy doesn't actually even think about himself, like sure, he just builds his fucking model. Um, I, yeah, I don't but know. like once you realize he's a clone, it automatically becomes creepy. And I think like it twists that, right? Yeah, but but the thing is, I have no problem with him like sending Duncan to the moon to make Duncan models. Jones. Like he he telegraphs that the guy's a clone so oh, much earlier than the guy realizes that he's a clone I and then the know. rest of the movie it's it's like when i'm playing poker with friends or like playing cards and you know someone clearly wins they have like ace king queen jack of trump and and then somebody else is just like well let's play it out maybe somebody else will win like no i already know what, how this is going to play out i already know what's going to happen yeah but, wait but then we just you, play it out anyway telegraph in the first act that he's a clone i don't think it is i don't think it's telegraphed I, until I, that i don't know crash. if it's the first act it's it's telegraphed pretty early well, in the movie and then i feel like we just not, play it's, out it's, like it's how, telegraphed to me only after they introduce the second clone and then they meet each other within two minutes well, yeah that's pretty early that's not that's not late in okay, the Okay, I see what you're saying. You're saying they introduced that plot point too early. Um maybe we should have had an or maybe plot point 1 should have been like I finally get to go home and then plot point 2 would have been, could have been like just kidding I'm a clone. You know? I I don't know, man. I, I like this is part of the problem with the movie is like, I, I don't, first even, I don't even know what the is, point is. I'm a clone. That's the first plot point of the film. No, cuz I because the fact is like he doesn't even though the the movie telegraphs to us that he's a clone, but he doesn't re, he doesn't seem to realize it until like an hour and 10 minutes into this 90 minute It's movie. more than it should be. After they meet each other and then they're having the argument, they're like, you're the clone. No, you're the clone. It would remind like, me of like being a kid and being like, you're gay. No, you're gay. <laughs> yeah. When I see a <laughs> second bad. Sam Rockwell, like, oh, guess what? They're clones. <laughs> That's right. Like, no, there's no other explanation. You get it. You get it, oh, hey, that other guy saw, looks exactly like you me. saw another Bradley Redder, would you just automatically assume that was true? Maybe we don't. That's the thing, though. We don't know what cloning is like in this future, which I, I agree. think would have been better if they gave no exposition for. But see, that, now that's I'm like, the just, thing. Do they know cloning but then, exists? Then the movie doesn't The movie doesn't ask that question, though. The movie just doesn't bring that Yeah. The movie has the Sam Rockwell that we start with just continue to, like, ask the question, am I a clone? And it's like, yeah, the movie answers very clearly several times, yes, you are. It literally says you are a clone. Well, I think the, that, the I robot don't, don't says you are like, a clone. And then he wa- like he's coughing up blood and he's, like, really sick and he's deteriorating. De- <laughs> wow. Deteriorating. And then he watches like this video journal of previous clones who were also coughing up blood and like they're losing their hair. And it becomes extremely clear that the three-year life cycle or the the, 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 the contract yeah. is the lifespan of these clones. And like he just doesn't seem to realize it. And then like later, 20 minutes later in the movie, he like calls his who he thinks is his daughter. You don't think and he then he's like that? shocked. Wait, he definitely realized it because that was the reason he said like, why don't I go out there and die instead and so that you don't even have to kill this new clone. You that's the, I mean? that, Chad, that's the last 10 minutes of the movie. I don't know. I mean like, why, like, why, there, why there's else? There's that. We, I don't know after there, that. Like, I guess he's in denial because he doesn't want to accept that he's dying but I don't think that bothered me as, as much about you. We talked about this a little bit before the show. I don't think that I had a problem with that scene uh, and I went back and rewatched it literally a minute right. before we recorded and, and watched it to the end of the movie, and I still don't have an issue with it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. 
I, I think that the like, problem with me is that once they realize there are two Sam Rockwells there, uh, the one guy seems just content with continuing his workout and learning how to play ping pong and does not want to solve this mystery at all. That, to me, was ridiculous. Ridiculous, and it felt like it was there to artificially extend the length of the movie. So, ridiculous. Yeah, but not like, going to defend that. <laughs> I, I guess the thing with the, the original Sam Rockwell um, yeah. is that, like, they continue to have this, this sort of... Um, story or character arc with him where like again he calls he calls who he thinks is his daughter and it's supposed to be this like emotional scene where he realizes that he's a clone and it's like because he hears sam rock his own voice in the background i don't think that i don't think that that was it i don't think what that was that the scene, point of no, that no, no. okay well i i actually i do think i know what the point of that scene is it is not to present to him that he's a clone it's it's because now he realizes that his memories and his emotions are real this is the very first time he can confirm them in the real world. This is the very first time he knows that these people exist. Because before that, he's asking about the videos from the girl and if they're real and if like, that really is his wife. So like, this is his way of confirming that, yeah, I, no, Sam he, Rockwell, as I know he myself, never asks real. questions. I do, I do not agree with that. I do, that scene is definitely establishing, and I, I would be willing to bet millions of dollars on this. That that scene Millions is, of dollars. Yeah, if I had it. That, that scene is definitely <laughs> establishing his confirmation that at least his identity and the emotions he feels are real. And like that's all that scene did for me. It but was, I, it was see, not, I don't, not to prove he was a clone. He wanted to know if the person that he feels like he is as his identity, his id, is a real person. And it is. That's I, all he's curious about. But like, see, I, I, maybe, that's, imagine, like, maybe like, that's the intent of the scene. But like the movie the does the nothing else to develop that idea for it to have any impact or any weight when he like we do see his daughter i just like i i didn't care i saw it was like yep i i knew oh i'm not i gonna, knew what was gonna happen I, i'm here. not gonna disagree with that point and i don't think if, i think if the, the movie had been something of like if the movie had been like a who am i i like i think therefore i am kind of thing then then yeah maybe that scene would have been really interesting in another movie written by a more talented person and directed by a more talented person okay but in this case it was just him like driving around in his fucking space car and then like going into this thing and coughing up blood i just didn't care like the movie again it was a, it was another thing where why do i care Okay, well, I, I mean, like, why do I care I think, that he talks to his daughter? I think you that's said, not his daughter. You, you said a couple things there, and I think that you're correct in the point that that scene where he talks to his daughter. I mean, now that we sort of established maybe what it's for, you're correct in saying that it kind of falls flat. Like I didn't feel emotionally devastated, and I think that no. part of that is because you do have two Sam Rockwells on screen, and I can't really ignore that fact. Like I can't really like take this person as not Sam Rockwell because. I guess it's I don't like, know, you know, because which, his name is also Sam. Like, it's really hard to separate from yeah, the yeah, actor. Yeah. Like, it's, they do some weird stuff with it. Like, he, they he, do. Sam Rockwell does a great performance. That was a weird choice. It really was. Yeah. Like, he does a great performance, but it's really hard for me to separate the fact that it's Sam Rockwell and this character because they don't spend, I don't know, like, again, like, they tie it way too much to the actor, and I think that that's part of the reason some of the emotional stuff isn't as resonant as it should be, but I disagree. I think that it's super well photographed. I think that all those scenes well on the surface are fantastic. I love yeah. when he uses widescreen. Um, oh, I, I would agree with that. So I think he's very talented. I think he expresses a lot of talent. I think that there's some that some of the emotional stuff, some of the questions you should be asking. It's not they're not but, as powerful as they should be. But the thing so. is, like, I don't think directing is just putting a cool image on the screen. It's not. It's not. I agree because with you. The if that were the case, then Zack Snyder would be our favorite guy. But um, slime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> and I, I guess that you're right. Like maybe. I, I don't think he knows how to build a scene and to create tension. Like, I, I, honestly, none of his movies are tense. Like, I, I don't, I either don't know what's going on or I don't know why I'm supposed to care about what's going or on. Or the tone doesn't quite work, maybe. Like, I, 
I understand, like, there is some, like, there is a little black comedy in this film. Like, it is kind of dumb that yeah. the AI robot has the the face, you know, the, the smiley face on it. I, I love I it. Like, I thought it was kind of, like, it was cool. It was it, charming. It gave it was the movie fun. purpose, but I felt like yeah. that sent a sort of surreal vibe. And again, having two Sam Rockwells on, on screen plays into that surrealism. But once you start adding dead serious, real, raw human emotion to it, it muddies those waters. So when, again, like, again, again like, that's the that thing is, is like, where things, I think that's maybe where things fall apart. I, I'm sort of working this out as we're talking. Uh, again, he, that's like, he just takes it way too seriously. And if he had had, like, because I feel like the first, you know, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes of this movie have have like a little bit of like um not self-deprecating humor but like i i feel like there's a little bit of acknowledgement of the premise and, and sam rockwell is. is pretty funny like i, I wouldn't so call is, it a comedy uh, so is the robot but, um, I think he's very funny yeah yeah <laughs> I, like i think it's enjoyable to watch i i was giggling some of the time i love like, that I, I love that one line and they're actually laugh they're like are we clones and he's like who wants breakfast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I feel like when the movie was doing things like that, it was yeah. pretty good. It was interesting, but like then it, it kind of wears thin because it, it just never does anything else. And it's kind of, it's kind of boring after Which, about a half hour. Just, it constantly undermines itself because the black comedy isn't dark enough to make the, you know how David, uh, like David Lynch or I don't know, Weatherman is a better example. You know how Weatherman is able to like bring comedy of those moments where even his dad tells him he's going to die and somehow you can't help but kind of smile because the conversation they're having is so weird, you know? Yeah. Um, this movie fails to do that. Like the one scene where he's, uh, the robot is expressing to Sam Rockwell, like you are a clone and like this is what we did to you. On his face, the robot's face turns into like this yellow smiley face with tears falling down. And I was just like, oh man, like that's too funny for a scene where a moment ago he just supposedly had his life crushed, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it jumps back and forth and it, it does this strange thing. So by the end of the movie, I'm sort of supposed to be taking it seriously, but then the very last moment of the film, it plays this like, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly kind of guy's audio where it's obviously supposed to be about the clone coming to Earth and they're like, I don't even think that's really a clone. Like, he's probably just an illegal immigrant. And it's like supposed to be satirizing like right-wing media. And then I'm like, well, now we're back to the goofy satire, the last moment of the movie. Yeah, but I mean, I and, and I could th- that was one of the things that I actually did remember from seeing it in 2009. I did not. <laughs> see, I did not even remember the second clone. Oh, I, I, did I not remember. remember anything oh, wow, about yeah. This. Yeah, I went and saw that, this. That doesn't the- surprise me that you didn't remember anything about the movie. I, but, um, yeah, but then it's strange. Like, I went and saw this at the Lyric Theater in Blacksburg with Kendra. I remember this. Uh, when I was in college, but I did not remember anything of this film other than when I first saw it, I thought it was forgettable. And it was the irony because when a second Sam Rockwell showed up, I was like, oh, that's right. He's not alone the whole time. I thought he was. Yeah. So No, like, that was one of the things that I remembered was the, you know, I, I remember it ending with like a radio transmission when Sam Rockwell B uh, goes to Earth or whatever. And, and I remember thinking it was dumb at the time. And then now... I think it was even more dumb. I mean, like, I, you, this was something that when I saw it in 2009, uh, like, I never really understood the phenomenon. It, it, it was sort of, it was really hyped up. And people, I, I people sort of love this movie. This is definitely like very much it was love amazing. It. Yeah, it's there's there's um, a couple of films like this that the indie community really loves that I don't. Uh, this is yeah, I and I, like, I, I remember I remember people great. praising the effects a lot, thinking the special effects were just like amazing. And it's cool how it, it looks it, like it was he's just on like, moon with a five million dollar budget. Yeah. Like it looks pretty great, but it, there's no it, like it, real special effects here. Yeah, it looks fine. He just has like a miniature of a of a moon rover driving around the moon does some and cool green kind of like work. I mean, yeah. yeah like it wasn't that special it wasn't something that was going to make the movie for me um but you know like now do, like this is pure green screen in a lot of respects when you're outdoors and stuff just like warcraft is yeah but like yeah. now watching this you know seven years later 
Um, I, I, you know, I was, I was indifferent about it the first time. I actually thought it was downright boring this time. Boy, you're not wrong about that third act. And it's weird because it's only an hour and a half. Like for a while there, it's not even clear to me that the one guy has an escape plan. And by the time he did, I was just like, man, like, I don't even know if I care. Like I was over it. And especially like, as he's getting ready for his escape plan and they're going to, they're like going through the rehearsal of it. And I was like, can we just move on? Well, you so know? here's the, like, again, it goes back to that thing. Like, um, so it's, it's too much. They're artificially it's, stretching it's, the time. I bet this was a yeah. short film. I bet he, someone wrote like a 20 minute screenplay, which I think would have been great. And then uh, yeah, they came in and awesome. they stretched it out to an hour and a half. Like, I guarantee well, you that's what happened with this. Well, see again, that, that goes back to the point I was making where like, uh, Duncan Jones kind of buries the lead and, and shows us something that we already know way early in the movie where so the the samurai the 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 clone that's coughing up all the blood he's the one that's going to be the one that escapes it's kind of like i know he's dead like he's dying in 10 minutes like and the movie is for a half hour is is trying to get him to escape and it's like i already know what's happening to him yeah like i I know that the other sam rockwell is the one that's going to live and it's only going to be for three years so like why are we spending time worrying about if this guy's going to get off the moon i think i don't care reasons that a concept boring is like uh i don't want to go back to our bad discussion we had on the show about uh room but in a lot of respects the last part of this movie in particular it doesn't there isn't really clear evidence of what's connecting these scenes together it's just like there's one scene of them having discussion of why they're not clones and then there's another scene of them having a discussion why they're not clones in a different way so i get it like that part (laughs) of the movie may be like are we clones and then after that it's like the escape plan but the scenes themselves feel like there's a lot of time wasting in there until the tiny scenes which are many plot points that move the plot forward towards these goals it just feels like one thing happens, then another thing happens, then one thing happens, and another thing happens, and there's not much string tying them together, and that renders it kind of inert. Like that kind yeah. of makes it hard to watch. But I the agree. first act, I was intrigued. So especially especially because those scenes where they they ask, "Are we clones? Or are we not clones?" come after oh, a God, scene where they're explained yeah. that they are clones. I, I already know it. I already know the answer to the question they're asking. It's so annoying. Well, they like, they I, say that, they, they, but then the argument is the argument is no longer are we clones. The argument is who's the clone and then the argument again becomes this is so funny the argument then it comes from sam rockwell one oh my god am i a clone please confirm it like please don't confirm it because yeah. i'm starting to accept that i am so we literally answered this question it's, three different times but the thing yeah the thing is it's just like <laughs> it answers know, it it answers it 30 minutes in the movie and then it asks it again in a different way for another hour well that's like, because i, I think know. that moment of solidifying it is supposed to be when the robot who has a name that I always forget, puts his name around Gertie. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Isn't Gertie. Gertie finally says to Sam, Sam Rockwell, who is the character in the movie apparently named Sam, he says to him, <laughs> like, you're a clone, dude. And then after that, there's no longer a question of the clone. It's just the one guy saying, oh my God, I'm a clone. Now I'm going to go deal with this and be really just, serious, even though this all seemed like satire up to this point. But the thing is, like, it just, it <laughs> doesn't, know. it doesn't ask any questions about that. Like, because again, I, I feel like this is the same kind of thing where like, just like source code, he's sort of a prisoner of this, this corporation. And yep. it would be cool if they ask like the question of, is this worth it? Or is this, you know, is this right or wrong? Like if they had asked more questions about it, like made me think about, the actual how about just presenting that it's wrong like again i don't think there's enough emotion here because they they have this weird disconnect between he should have gone with that satirical somewhat dreamlike surreal approach they had going on from act one and i think that that comes comes out sometimes especially in the interactions with gertie instead of throwing it in that d 
deep, destructive human element in there in the end of the second act. That's what ruins the film for me. There's a tonal shift, and I think that makes it hard to stay engaged in it because I'm not completely sure how I'm supposed to take the film now, and especially the silly stuff that I see regarding Gertie, where he's like, you want to wipe my memory? I'm here to help you. Like, that scene should be a little funny. Like, you know, and instead it kind of, like, I should be taking it emotionally now because of all the emotion that came up before it where, like, you know, he had to deal with the the fact that he, you know, his emotions and his memories really are real. So then Gertie wanting to sacrifice himself should be serious, but he has a goofy face on him and a kick me sign. So now I'm having trouble taking that seriously. And it just just (laughs) drives me crazy. I just don't know. I agree. I don't know, man. Like, there's something about this that I just did not enjoy and could not stay engaged with but am i glad i saw it do i recommend everyone watch moon yes 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 so it can't be oh i don't i do i don't i do like i don't think that this is this isn't like it's just we live in a time with so much willfully bad cinema where like people don't spend any time with character development or plot points or any kind of world building at all and nor does duncan jones no i'm I'm not saying i'm i'm just saying that to some degree like you look at and you're right. Like, I'm not going to say that Moon has the best plot or Source Code has the best plot, but something like Jurassic World, for example, they make no they make no attempt at all to have a narrative there. It's completely about what you're seeing. And I think that this is still but, something that's quiet and more intimate, and it has and, some value artistically. But I would say nor does Nuck and Jones. I mean— But I, th- I don't know. I think that's because maybe—and I hate, I hate to admit this. I don't know why I hate to admit this, because— like, he's probably a really nice guy, but maybe it is because he's not a great director, because there's— He's not. Maybe that's the problem because, like, I do feel like there's so. But he, but he, he's he's great at crafting an image, man. He'd be a great cinematographer. No, he's not. He, I think he is. I think Moon has some gorgeous photography. I think he's, I think he'd be a great cinematographer. But uh, I, I, see, I don't think. It, so, but here's the thing: is like you know, uh, directing is 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 telling a story through visuals. It is. I don't think and he it, tells a story. Like I don't think he knows what his stories are. I agree with you, and I, I you know, again, and that's and why the, I say maybe like he's he, more of a cinematographer. Maybe he's, yeah. you know, uh, maybe, you know what I mean. Maybe he's more of an know. art director. But like he creates, even, he creates cool like visual concepts i disagree i mean i like i think source code is one of the blandest films i've ever seen Boy, visually. i just i just don't agree with that like i really feel like he he really brings I, about that dreamy I, I'll, film I'll, kind I'll, of feel to it i don't know. i don't i don't think he does i think it's coffee on the foot and punching the ticket maybe, and we maybe get I that do six really times like, maybe i really do like his visual style but you're correct in the sense that he isn't telling the story visually or Not bringing about all. depth in the characters visually like you should um, especially as a director, Basically, and your yeah. example with Warcraft is perfect, but also uh, the other perfect example of that is that scene in Moon. That should be like horribly devastating what's happening, especially considering how much energy Sam Rockwell puts in that scene. But instead, I'm just like, yeah, now he knows he's a real person in real life, and his memories are, are fake. So what? Are you talking about this, the scene? Yeah, when with, he has the he has he the camera talk with his daughter. his daughter. Yeah, like that should be much more effective than it is, considering what that scene is. If I were to describe it to you, it should be much more effective than uh, what's actually presented. And I think it's a failure of the direction because of the stuff that happens before it. Yeah, and the sad thing so, is that I think Sam Rockwell is really good. Um, oh, he's great! I, he's great. I think he's fantastic, and and, he and yeah, and, yeah, and 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 it really is. It's just Duncan Jones. I, I don't think he knows how to create a scene. I don't think he knows how to build tension, how to tell a story. I think he's terrible. I hope I, I never see a movie from him again. Are you kidding like, me? I will definitely see his next movie. I, I will. The, the, the I will there's, not. There's something worth talking about, especially because I really do. Again, other other than the problems, none of these movies are four star films that I would recommend. Like you, none of these movies are three star movies. None of these are fucking two and a half star. Like I know, but like they're all to some degree not a waste of time. Like they're all to some degree worth seeing. Maybe Warcraft might be the the, the least of all, but I think that to some degree. Uh, I could always have a discussion about Moon. There's something about it that's valuable to everyone, no matter who you are. 
so, so so part of the reason that I wanted to do the show was one Warcraft is is one of the biggest game franchises of all time. Yeah. Um uh, and World of Warcraft I believe is the most profitable game ever made. It probably is. Yeah. Um and you know part of it was that the movie <laughs> was pretty much set up to be a disaster critically. Zub, zub. Um so I don't know what that means. Um and and the other thing is that Moon was such uh, like a weird phenomenon, although it only has like a 67 meta score, so maybe it wasn't. Um, so like I, I don't know, it, it, like I, I guess it was just that Duncan Jones is like this weird guy who, for some reason, was critically acclaimed. Um, Not and really, I, though. I, I this film has a 70 in Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. Like, so yeah, I I think it has like uh, I think it has less than a seventy, and I think source code is about the same thing. It's probably like a sixty-five. Well, source code, I could see that. Like, that's much more of a Hollywood production. Like, Moon is definitely an indie film. Yeah, um, but like, I I just don't, I don't see anything here that makes me nine has a seventy-eight in top critics, which is all that matters. You know, I I just I thought it'd be. Is that Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, Uh, I'm gonna look at. Got it. I go to the meta score. Yep, the am. meta score is much more important. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. That's what people really thought of it, and and that's I, I think that's that's actually generous to me. Um, I, but I, kinda, I, I think I it's more agree. valuable. Like, it, it is hard to believe that more people didn't give this a negative review. And Roger Ebert, I think, gave it four stars. No, no, he he, he gave he gave Moon now. and Source Code an three and a half. Here. Okay, yeah, three and a half ah, for you know, both of them, and I think he's yeah. nuts. That was that was I, when he was like batshit crazy. So he was like, Hitman was con- okay. <laughs> he was confined to like a wheelchair, so he was like, oh, man, a guy can uh, like uh, still walk around you know, and I do stuff. I thought about that, but he has <laughs> a like lot of a... weird, generous reviews all through his career, even though I yeah, like this movie. Like, I actually like Cutthroat Island. What the fuck? Wait, Moon what? Is, Cutthroat Moon is, Island? Moon is playing in my headphones. Sorry. I gotta turn this off. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Moon, is, Moon is playing. Some tab that I have open is playing Moon. <laughs> all right, got it. Anyway... <laughs> You, you guys can't hear that, but I can hear that. That's just going to be bad cinema. Uh, Roger was always right. kind of generous with some random films. Like, he gave Cutthroat Island three stars. And at the end of the review, he's like, it was a pirate movie. And I was assigned to watch it. And it was okay. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel like, I feel like it's a weird thing with, with, with like, some critics where it's just kind of like, this wasn't as bad as it should have been. And yeah. then they'll be like, That's my position of Warcraft, though. I'm like, that was not as shitty as I thought the trailer made it look out to be. I thought it was real bad. Uh, uh, no. I'm going to throw it out there. I thought it was real bad. And I think Duncan Jones sucks. Well, and I'm not willing I, like, to say that. I, you know... At least he's not offensive. <laughs> like, I want to I save my hate for directors who are producing. The, this, is, this is the point I was trying to make with Moon. I want to save my dislike for cinema and my dislike for directors to films that are literally morally and ethically and artistically offensive, like Transformers, American Sniper, those kind of things, like on both ends yeah, of the spectrum. I, I agree. That's where my hate should go. Or to fucking film people don't even try, like Zack Snyder. But like, I, films I guess, just annoy me. I don't know. I guess when, like, when it comes down to it, what's the difference between a guy that doesn't even try and makes a shitty film and a guy that does try and makes a shitty film. I agree. To the, me, the, the it's just a shitty heart. film. Yeah, I know. But like, this and is definitely. Would you agree that this is shitty in a different way than, say, Jurassic World or Trans? Sure, Six but like, would I also agree that I'd rather see the ten million dollars spent on source code spent somewhere else, or would I rather see the three hundred million dollars spent on Warcraft spent somewhere else? Was well, that a budget? Yeah. Really? Ugh. It I'm was. Not it was hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm not surprised. Um. Yeah. Like. Uh, 
you know, would I rather see that spent somewhere else on any other thing? Would I rather see any other filmmaker? Hundred and sixty million. I think that was the production budget, but then uh, yeah, that's like, actually yeah, that's actually kind of small. Like, well, I mean, small by today's standards, considering the fucking Avatar several years ago cost five hundred million. So yeah. By the way, I think there's going to be an Avatar 4 now, even though there's not even an Avatar 2. <laughs> there's Avatar no Avatar 2. I keep hearing about all these Avatars. <laughs> Seven years later. Yeah, man. I don't get it, man. Like, how James long, Cameron. Is this, is this, then, I, then I remember, like, there were all those weird things. I think we even, like, kind of talked about it in our Hobbit show a little bit, where they're like, Avatar 2 is coming, and it's going to be 60 frames a second. 60. And you're like, where's Avatar 2? And why are we talking about 60 frames a second for a movie that doesn't even exist? Why are we even having a discussion about that? Honestly, yeah. Oh, my God. So weird. Yeah, anyway. But you know what? I'd rather talk hypothetically about james cameron's 60 frames per second than duncan jones's next film because it'll be terrible oh man well i'm I'm willing to say that i'm willing to see it i'm sure that it will be maybe not warcraft 2 but it does seem that his twitter feed he retweets people mention sequels i imagine that i'm not saying that that's an endorsement it's not i'm saying that he probably wants to do a sequel he comes off like an actual warcraft fan so for i'm him, sure it's he got just, paid a bunch of I'm money sure so got, yeah like why of money i'm sure he had a lot of fun if, so, if, if Blizzard like, wanted to give me $20 million to make Warcraft 2, I'm there. Yep. I don't care how bad it is. I'll, 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 I'll take $20 million. Dude, bucks. they give me $20 million to make goddamn Trance 7 Mers, and I'll do it. So. <laughs> By yeah. the way, Helen Mirren in Furious 8, probably going to be good now. I don't it's know. got a dame I in there. I don't know about that, all right? Um, even though I still have to apologize to Michelle Rodriguez for not recognizing you in the airport. I, I'm apologizing. <laughs> Uh, your movie was terrible, and the seventh the seventh movie is terrible, not because of the cast. Your movies, yeah. The, <laughs> there are several bad Fast and Furious films, and I don't. But need not to because see of the one. cast. Not no, because not because of the cast. cast. The first one's still a good film, and I just thought the fifth one was watchable. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with both of yep. those things. Yep. All right, we're done. We're done. Thank you very much uh, for listening, folks. This has been The Cinematic Tangent. I want to remind you, check out our new website, thecinematictangent.com. You can find all your subscription feeds there. You can email the show at thecinematictangent at gmail.com. We've actually gotten listener mail and have not read it on the show because we don't get enough of it. So if you want to write in and your name is, uh, you know, not DJ Pimp Daddy because he's already written in. Thanks, DJ Pimp Daddy, for listening. We'll still read your letters. Please write in DJ Pimp Daddy. TheCinematicTangent at gmail.com. <laughs> you can also follow the show on Twitter at CinemaTangent. You can follow me, Chad Van Alston, on Twitter at Chad Van Alston. Brad, I met you with something on Twitter too. Are you there? Tweeting? Yeah. At Max Fisher. M-A-X-F-I-S-C-H-A-R. I produce amazing tweets like once every three weeks. Yeah. You know, are we going to actually start blogging and maybe putting reviews in there? Because I'm mostly going to, you know, I'm, you know, the show takes a lot of my time already. You know, I downloaded a, a really cool to-do list app, and one of the things that I listed to do was write a review every week. So it's good, man. Yeah. So there will be stuff on the cinematic tangent. At G- I'm sorry, the cinematic You can go there. You can find all the episodes of the cinematic tangent that you love right on that page, and you can also maybe read some written reviews by Bradley Rudder and probably myself. I'm definitely going to put one up there. So I've been practicing. I'm getting back into the fold. Just wrote yeah. a review for Doom, which you can find on my blog at chadmichaelvanalston.blogspot.com. Yeah. I'm Chad Van Alston. I'm Bradley Rudder. Review the show on iTunes, friends. We're out. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.